Hello, everyone. My name is Dr. Brian Thatcher, and welcome to this podcast of Mercy Unbound. Today, I get to speak with Lloyd and Nancy Greenhaw, longtime missionaries, laity out of uh, San Antonio, Texas. And they're going to talk about their travels worldwide, the miracles they've seen through the healing power of Jesus Christ, and how they got into the ministry. I think you'll find it very informative and interesting. Thanks for joining us today. Please share and subscribe. God bless. Hello, everyone. My name is Dr. Brian Thatcher, and welcome to Mercy Unbound. It's a series that aims to provide hope, an avenue for healing, and one that will help you better understand and then live the great mercy of God. With me today, I have friends I haven't seen for a long time. I think our paths crossed maybe five years ago. Um, I was on my way to the Solomon Islands, and you guys were on your way to Papua New Guinea. And they travel all over the world evangelizing. Um, they work with Ralph Martin in the ministry there, and they, they wanted me to read this book, Unbound, A Practical Guide to Deliverance by Neil Lozana. And uh, they use this book, and uh, I'm sure Lloyd and Nancy Greenhaw from outside San Antonio have tweaked it in their own ways and had many wonderful experiences. But I, I have to say, this is an area that I don't know a whole lot about, and uh I'm learning in all these interviews as well, and so I've asked these wonderful, good people to share with us today their experiences and what this stuff's all about. So walk me through, how'd you guys get into all this? Let's start with that. <laughs> well, uh, many years ago, th over 31 years ago, uh, we, uh, through prayer, felt uh, the call of the Lord to, to go into a full-time ministry of, of evangelization. It was right, it was in 1990, uh, Pope John Paul II came out with a document called Mission of the Redeemer. And one of the things that he said, O'Brien, was that uh, that uh, he felt like there were, the, the time has come for a new evangelization, that that no institution in the church, no individual, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, was exempt from the, 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 the mandate to go proclaim Christ to all peoples. And that really resonated in our heart. And so after a lot of prayer, uh, individual prayer, and then prayer with people that we respected to pray with us, we had decided, well, uh, uh, we, we need to answer that call. And so that's how we basically started off is, is that. And, uh, you know, Brian, I got to tell you, you know, we, we're not theologians. Uh, we're just mom and pop, uh, uh, people that have heard God's call. And, and uh, you know, we read the Vatican II documents, uh, the document on the laity, and we knew that it says that we have a, a vocation in the church, not the, you know, that we have an apostolate in the church and not the big A like, like the bishops have, but, but everyone has a job to do in the church and ours uh, uh, is one to go out and make disciples of all the nations. And so we said, well, Lord, you know, uh, it's a pretty clear call, but we, we don't really know what we're doing. Uh, and uh, if you'll go ahead and uh, make the appointments, we'll do our best to keep them. And so for the last 31 years, that's what we've been doing is, uh, and you know, uh, Brian, we, you know, if you're going to be a brain surgeon, uh, you just don't go out and get your a chainsaw and start opening up heads and things that, uh, you know, it, it takes a little bit of, of training and, and, and uh, education and things like that. And, and, you know, with practice, you get better and better at what you're doing. And uh, I feel like that's, uh, that's what's happened to us in the, all the years with our life experiences and, as we, we read a lot, and but we tried to, to do a couple of things uh, uh, very seriously. And, 
And one of them is we, we stay right with what the teachings of the church are. Uh, you, know, you know, Brian, uh, uh, priests can, and bishops can pretty much get away with saying anything in the world they want to say. <laughs> but uh, if you're a lay person, you better stick to what the church teaches and you don't deviate from that. And so that's been our, our mantra, if you would, through the years is we, we don't deviate from what the church teaches and what the church approves. And, and uh, so it's more, so far it's been successful for us. And, you know, uh, some people ask us, well, you know, where, uh, where did, when did your ministry start? And we say, well, it actually started in the heart and mind of God uh, before there was a heaven and an earth. Uh, he formed us in our mother's womb, and just like us and everybody else out there, and he has a plan for our lives, a plan for good and not for evil. And so uh, we came into a deeper understanding of that. that it was never our plan to be evangelists. Uh, you know, I want to be rich. <laughs> uh, I work for a Fortune 500 company, and, you know, your basic overachiever, salesman of the year, president of the Million Dollar Club, advisory board of management, and, and Nancy was a well-known uh, watercolor artist. She taught art and things here, and that's kind of what we thought we would do is we're going to go get fat and rich. Well, her not fat. She can never be fat. But anyways, <laughs> we would be, be, become rich and, uh, and famous and all that kind of stuff here. And, but God had another plan and his plan is so much better than our plan is. And uh, uh, it's more satisfying. It's more rewarding and everything else. So uh, that's how we kind of got started. We, we got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Cause really I was searching cause I was having depression and all those types of problems. But, uh, we got baptized in the Holy spirit. We accepted Jesus as our Lord and savior and made him the Lord of our life and our finances. And then we were at this parish and there was a priest there and he had been with, uh, the, the, the priest who started the companions of the cross in Canada. The, uh, and he said, you got to give God permission. And so our priest was, uh, uh, very much influenced by that and so he told us that and so that's we had moved to florida by this time from louisiana we had picked up two sons-in-laws in louisiana and moved over to florida and basically we uh you know because we were by this time now after uh, after being in the charismatic renewal for a few years and everything when we moved over there they made him the head of this 500 person prayer group and we were just rocking along lived on the water, had the big boats and the whole thing. And um, so this priest said, you got to give God permission. Have you ever done that? And so we said, no, that sounds like a good idea. So we prayed together, that little prayer, God, we give you permission to work in our lives, which is a very incredibly powerful prayer. And within three months, God took everything away, the house, the car, the savings, the job, the insurance, the everything. So it's 1990, we're sitting on the floor in this other uh, apartment because we had to move out of the water where the on the water where we were because it went up $900 in our rent, <laughs> stuff like that. And uh, the hand of God was moving us. And we're, so we're in this apartment, no, no furniture. We're on the floor. It's New Year's Eve. We're eating, sitting there eating cold pizza. And we both basically kind of looked at each other and said, so this is what happens when we give you permission, God. <laughs> Wait a second. I'm not ready for this. I'm not St. Francis. I like my clothes. He just bought me a 300 ZX and I loved it. And I had to give that up too. Oh, you caramba. So, <laughs> so uh, we said, okay, God, um, if, you know, if this is from you through a lot of prayer with our priests and different people, if this is from you, uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but we have no income. How are we going to live? God said, trust me, I will be your provider. 
We had never trusted him before. We had always trusted. We're Texans. We pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, right? We can do it. And now we had to give our trust over to him. And it, what, it was a process. It wasn't something you just do the next day. You know, it's just a process. And uh, especially for the big man here who had always made the big money. And little by little, I mean, I, I said, God, okay, I have food in my stomach. I have a roof over my head. I can call my kids, you know, I'm fine for today, but what about tomorrow? And somehow, I don't know how, there's no one way that God did it, but we relied on him for all of our income. We don't have a job. We don't have a rich, well, I have a rich daddy in heaven, but I don't have a rich daddy here on earth. And so uh, he provides and he has provided for all of these years. And uh, that we slowly, slowly started um, going and feeding the homeless, you know, and doing some of the things that the Lord was calling us to do and go speaking at different parishes. And then we went to Cuba. Right. In 1995, it was really our first uh, uh, shot out, out of here in the United States. We raised we had, our own money. And uh, yeah, and uh, some generous benefactor uh, provided the funds for us yeah. to, to be able to, to go to Cuba. And you were going to say something, Brian? Well, who... How, I, how did you get to Cuba, though? Did, was it through the State Department, or um, did you have to get a visa? Yeah, that, well, there's a long story, and I won't go to the whole thing, but yeah, uh, we uh, applied uh, to the State Department to get a license to go to Cuba, and uh, right immediately after that, uh, some uh, uh, Cubans, uh, uh, Air Force shot down some uh, civilian planes over Cuba, and so uh, the president uh, halted all, tri uh, all tra <laughs> traffic going into Cuba. And uh, then uh, about the time that eased up a little bit, uh, the, uh, the government shut down because uh, the, the two rival forces, the Democrats and Republicans, were battling for whatever. And so uh, the State Department closed down. No more license to go to any place like that outside of the country. And, and uh, so we were finally uh, talked to some State Department officials, and they said, well, you'd have to go you could go there uh, and we don't mind, but uh, you'll have to go through Canada or go through Mexico. And so uh, uh, we uh, are the Dominican Republic. And so anyways, we, uh, we, we, worked, we worked this all out and we were able to go and got an interesting story as we, we come into Cuba, uh, Brian. Uh, go ahead and tell that story, Nan. Well, just that uh, we didn't, I mean, we know it's communist country, but you know, in a practical level, you're not really understanding exactly what that means because we've been in free America all this time, right? So we go there and we uh, we put stuffed a bunch of uh, rosaries in a box and um, we hoping that they wouldn't notice them. Well, they x-ray all this stuff as it's coming into their country. So there is a, a guard standing over this thing and as, as it goes through the x-ray, she shouts out, and she's got this big old gun on her hip, you know, and, and we're like uh, thinking, you know, okay, we're already going to be in jail someplace. <laughs> and she says, put this box. So we go into the other room, she says, open up that box. And she's speaking Spanish. Lloyd's is understand. He, he speaks Spanish. So we open up the box. She opens it up. She looks inside. She takes one of the rosaries and she says, may I have one of these? <laughs> and we said, yes, how many would you like? And then she said, would you happen to have a Spanish Bible? 
And so I, Maria Vadia was with us. She was one of our interpreters at that point. And so we're like, Maria, do you have a Spanish Bible? And she hands me this little Bible. I hand it to this guard. And this is all private in this room with just us three. She opens up this Bible. She starts crying. I have been praying for 10 years for a Bible. Thank you, Jesus. Thank, thank you, Jesus. And then she closes it up. Her face changes it. Okay, get out of here. You, you might go. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so we, we knew that the Blessed Mother was with us. And at we, that point in time, at that point in time in your evangelization, was it more on the charismatic renewal? Uh, well, uh, in the ministry at that point. Well, you know, the uh, Brian, you know, the, the charismatic dimension of the church uh, is, is it's in every part of the church. Uh, the church is totally charismatic by its nature. Uh, uh, the, the mass, uh, the, the priest consecrates the, uh, the, the bread and wine. It becomes a body and blood of Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. We invoke the Holy Spirit. You know, they forgive uh, sins by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, you know, John 20, where uh, Jesus said, uh, you know, receive the Holy Spirit. Whoever sins you forgive will be forgiven. So, you know, uh, the whole aspect of the church by its very nature is, is this charismatic dimension. Now, we're not talking particularly about the charismatic renewal, even though we are a part of the charismatic renewal. We're also part of the, of the Marian movement. We're also part of the divine right. mercy movement. So power a crucio and and every aspect everything in the church that brings people close to jesus that's the charismatic dimension so you know yeah some countries we work with like in samoa the number one uh, uh how would you say uh apostolate there is the divine mercy uh you know we've been there on divine mercy sunday and the bishop puts the blessed sacrament processes through the streets with thousands of people behind walking and things like that other countries it's the marian uh, the legion of mary the Marian movement, and uh, most of the countries we go to, though the charismatic renewal uh, is the primary evangelizers, if you would. But yeah, that's uh, uh, it's it's we, we we never go as charismatics per se, but we go uh, in the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, uh, Brian, we uh, as I told you, we're not theologians, and when we started off, we read in the Bible that Jesus had a particular. Uh, modus operandi you know he went into wherever he went he proclaimed the good news and then he demonstrated the good news so you know everybody's got voices saying you know it's it's me believe me believe me well jesus is the only one that ever showed it you know he said he said this is i am i can do this and then he healed people he opened the eyes of the blind raised people from the dead and jesus said in the, in the gospel of john chapter 14 he said the things i do you're going to do the same thing and even greater things. Why? Because I go to the Father and I'll be praying for you. So as I say, the whole church is charismatic. And, you know, I, I'm not smart enough to think that I, I can do things better than Jesus did them. And that's what our whole ministry has been based upon is proclamation and demonstration. We, we proclaim the good news and then we invite God to come and heal. We don't have a healing ministry. We don't even have a ministry. The, all we do is serve the ministry of Jesus Christ. Uh, we go, everybody in the church, if you think you have a deliverance ministry or a healing ministry, you're, you're so sorely disappointed. Uh, the only ministry in this whole church is a ministry of Jesus Christ. And we serve that ministry the best we know how by the grace of the Holy Spirit. That answer your question? <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is an, a memory from many years ago, and I may be, it may be incorrect now, but I vaguely remember you went to Ukraine 
didn't you? And uh, Estonia. Estonia. But wasn't there some lady or something at a train station that met you? Or uh, am, am I? They she, <laughs> apple pies or something? Does that ring a bell at all? Or am I? Uh, no. Uh, there okay. the, we got we got into Estonia uh, uh, in Saint Petersburg. Uh, they have a Polish missionary a church that met at St. Paul's. And uh, one day uh, we, uh, a lady from came into our charismatic prayer group and she introduced herself, I'm Aniela. And she says, I'm from Poland and uh, I'm here working as a third order Franciscan. And I have been taking my whole Polish prayer group uh, through a, which is the divine mercy prayer group through the, uh, through uh, the life in the spirit seminar. And she said, but we've never done this before. Can you come over and pray? And so we said, sure, I'd be glad to. So we showed up over there and uh, I'm gonna tell you, it was like something out of the Acts of the Apostles. God showed up big time. One man that had been in the wheelchair for years and years, 95 years, got up and danced on the floor. Uh, there were people speaking in tongues. There were all sorts of wonderful things that happened that night and we were sure blessed. But then Aniela went back to Poland. And so she went from there, she was assigned to go to Estonia. And in Estonia, she went to the bishop and she told him, hey, uh, there's some people in America that I know you ought to get to come on over here to help you with the work of the new evangelization. So that's how we got to got to there to, in the first place. Awesome, awesome. What are some of the other places you visited? Well, Brian, we have a uh, um, backup just a tad here. We have we worked for about ten years. Uh, we formed a corporation called Grace, a Gulf Regional Alliance of Catholic Evangelism, and uh, we the Grace. Uh, was dedicated to Our Lady of Grace. So we're totally Marian, if you would, as a, as a, as a ministering thing like this goes. Uh, of course, I think your viewers have seen a, a lady by the name of Kristen Taylor. And uh, uh, Grace Ministries, or uh, Grace, uh, is a ministry to ministries. We never wanted to be a big deal of our own. We wanted to be a servant to other ministries that were doing the work of God. And we work with Kristen Taylor on the streets of, of Tampa for many, many years, feeding the homeless. Uh, we worked with the uh, Holy Spirit Missionary Association out of, down in the uh, uh, Fort Lauderdale area. Uh, we, we worked with um, Renewal Ministries is one we have been working with the last 20 years. Dr. Ralph Martin, uh, Peter Herbeck, Sister Ann Shields. And uh, we started off with them uh, because of Kristen. Uh, we had done a uh, youth conference up in Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, uh, as, you, as you know, Kristen, you know, we were doing all these passion plays and Kristen's a little disjointed at times and things. And so she always said, here, I'll go out there in front of this auditorium full of people dressed as, I don't know whether Simeon. it was Simeon or, and I go out there. And so I, I start talking and bringing the gospel message and everything. Well, anyways, it was, it was a great time, but about a month later, we get an invitation for the people there in uh, Kentucky. Uh, uh, they asked us if we'd come up and MC a fire rally, uh, which is faith, intercession, repentance, and evangelism that has been hosted with the Renewal Ministry for years. There was Father John Bertolucci and Dr. Alf Martin, Sister Ann Shield, and, and uh, 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 Father Mike Scanlon. And uh, so anyways, we were sitting there and the, uh, uh, watching all this go on. But the night before, they have like a little worker bee uh, dinner, you know, where uh, all the big the big guys, the big heavy hitters were sitting at the tables, and then all the little worker bees were got to sit with one of the, the big big guy people, you know. And so Nancy and I were sitting at the table with Ralph Martin. 
And we had already been to the Dominican Republic and we'd already, already been to Cuba. We've also been into Estonia and things here. So all evening long, Ralph, who had been everywhere and done everything, uh, you know, personal friends with the popes and cardinals and everything all over the world that started the charismatic renewal offices, and, you know, the first ones back in, uh, at the invitation of Cardinal Sunins many, many years ago. Well, he was kept asking us questions about what we were doing and things. And so we were kind of amazed by this. But anyways, about a, a few weeks later, we get an invitation to come to Renewal Ministers to what they call uh, a, 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 a roundtable. And so they invited like 50 evangelists uh, from around the United States to come and sit there. And so from that, then we were asked, uh, uh, Peter Herbeck called and said, would you guys uh, uh, like to, to be a part of a, a mission going to Ghana in West Africa? And so we said, well, you know, sure. We, we, we already told you no, that we would like to. I, I had been, I had heard about these people going to Africa. And so in my heart, because so many people tell me, oh, I've always had Africa in my heart. Well, I've never had Africa in my heart, <laughs> ever, never. And so I would sit there in church going, here I am, Lord, is it I, Lord? But don't send me to Africa. Don't send me to those places that don't have bathrooms. I'm not going to be able to do it. <laughs> and then he sends us to Africa. Well, it was probably the best thing that ever could happen yeah, to us. And, it was. Uh, but one thing that, you know, the whole discussion uh, will eventually uh, get towards the whole idea of uh, freedom in Christ or, or what some people might want to call deliverance. Uh, but anyways, uh, we go, to, we go to, 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 to this meeting and they have speakers from, uh, from uh, Europe and different places like that. And so we arrived there, we found out that uh, we had one hour a day to speak. And so I went to the organizers and I said, I'm sorry, uh, I didn't fly 7,000 miles <laughs> to speak one hour a day and sit in my room. I said, get something for us to do in the evenings. You know, we'll go and we'll present the gospel, we'll pray for healing, we'll do those things. And so uh, they came back the next day and said, well, we have three priests, three parishes who would like you to come to them. So the first parish we go to, uh, Father Ignatius is the gentleman's name. And he said, uh, you know, uh, I have three special cases uh, that I would like you to pray with. Now, now, if they say special cases, the hair on the back of my neck would, <laughs> would rise back up. But that time we were young and foolish, and uh, now we're uh. more mature and foolish. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, one of the cases was a nun uh, that uh, 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 he said, I'd like you to pray with this nun. So oh, sure, Father. So I thought she was going to join us in our prayer teams, which was fine by us. Another one was a woman that had come to church naked uh, every day for a year, and which created quite a stir at, at morning mass. And the other one was a little girl that uh, she could start fires when she would walk into a room, and people were deathly afraid of her because of the witchcraft. And so anyway, so they brought them in here, and we prayed with the sister, and, and we found out that it wasn't that she had been unable to go to communion because she was afraid of the Blessed Sacrament. She would scream when she came in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament. So we prayed with her, and God set her free. And uh, it was a wonderful thing. She was at communion the next day. We went over to the house and visited the lady. The next day, she came fully dressed to church. And uh, we went over uh, to the, the uh, they brought, the parents brought the little girl in. And so as she walked in the room, God gave me a word of knowledge. And I said, uh, uh, you, uh, your grandmother's teaching you witchcraft, the black arts. And uh, both her parents looked startled and she looked startled. And I said, you know, my, my beautiful young lady, that if you don't, renounce that and move away from that uh, is going to destroy your life. It'll bring nothing but death to you. Well, it turned out that 
she wasn't willing to uh, to give up the prestige she had and the power that she had over other people. And she would not renounce it. She wouldn't turn in things here. But anyways, that really made it evident to us that there was more than what we ran to in, in white middle America uh, that's going on in, in this wide world of sports. And uh, we also, we, we go into churches and there'd be a thousand people in the church and we start preaching the word of God and there would be manifestations. People are screaming and spinning on the floor and all these other things here. And so we said, well, you know, we, we have no, we have no knowledge of this. And so, you know, we, when we got back, we began to study and, and slowly, slowly, uh, God began to show us that there are three things that really need to be done. People need to forgive people. Uh, that's a huge block to receiving the power and love of God that people needed to make Jesus Christ, the personal Lord God and savior. And people need to renounce the works of the devil. You know, Brian, we do this uh, every Easter. Uh, the universal church is a prayer of the universal church. Every Easter, every baptism, we stand in front of that altar and the, and the, of the throne of God. And we say, I renounce Satan and all of his evil works and all of his empty promises. Well, we began to understand that that was an integral part of evangelization. And what we, we the, this universal prayer of the church that we, that we might do one time a year, we might do it you know, how many baptisms and things we go to, we might do it 50 times a year, but, but there's no reason we cannot do it every day. And so we began to see that that was a, a really an important part of it. And so uh, uh, a number of years later, uh, 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 Peter Herbeck, the mission director, they sent us this book, Unbound. And they said, you guys, you do more of this type of ministry than anybody else in Renault Ministries. Uh, read this book and give us your idea of what you think. And when Nancy and I read the book, we said, wow, this is what we do, but it's more concise and it can be replicated. You see, Ryan, Brian, the, one of the big problems is we can come in and depending on your giftedness and God had, had blessed us. We had a, quite a lot of giftedness in this area of healing and things here. We saw God do many, many things here. But, you know, when you leave, they have to wait a year for you to come back. And that's not what we're all about. What we're about is empowering the people, empower the saints for ministry. And so we said, you know, this is really good. And so we, uh, I called uh, Renault Ministries and I asked Peter, I said, you know, uh, what if uh, I were to invite this guy, uh, this uh, Neil Lozano, to go with us? Because we had just gotten an invitation to go to Rwanda, which was 10 years after the genocide. And uh, so uh, we said, can I invite him to go with us? And he said, well, sure. So I invited uh, Neil and his wife, Janet, to come with us. And so we met at the National Cemetery, Seminary uh, at Kabagaye uh, in Rwanda. And they brought in 120, 130 priests, religious, uh, doctors, psychiatrists from all over the, all the diocese in the nation. And so they sat there and uh, we went through a number of days of training on the, uh, the unbound model or what we call the five keys to freedom. And uh, then we began to pray with people. And Brian, we saw people that had seen their entire family uh, wiped out through the genocide killed by machetes. They're eyewitnesses to these things that by the grace of God, we're able to forgive. This is something particularly special. And uh, so it has really, it's kind of become, uh, well, not kind of become, it has become our model of evangelization because the five keys are nothing more than the gospel applied to a person's individual life. And so that has been our go-to model. And, and we have, uh, we took Neil with us three years in a row.
to uh, Rwanda, and then we took him with us into the Sudan, where we did some priest retreats. Then we took him with us into Uganda. Uh, and so uh, Nancy became his prize student. <laughs> he once said, uh, Nancy, you've taken my stuff and made it better. He said, I'm a teacher and you're an evangelist. And he said, you, you can really apply this to there. So that's what we have been doing all these years. And what now, when we go to wherever we're doing, of course, we bring the gospel. When we train people to evangelize, we teach them the basic charisma, how to present the gospel. And then we tell them that it's not enough that Jesus didn't, after he proclaimed the good news, he didn't say, well, have a nice day. See you guys later. I hope things work out good for you. Uh, Jesus prayed for them. And we, we have found that this particular model, we have seen literally hundreds or thousands of people set free. Nancy has prayed this model for bishops and priests and religious all over the world, not only there. And it's, it's I can, Brian, I can tell you, it's, it's effective. And he has prayed with 70,000 in Rwanda. And we were just with Father Ubald. I don't know if you know who, who Father Ubald was, but he learned the five keys. He had a healing ministry. And both Lloyd and him took everybody in this state. It's not one of the stadiums, it's an outdoor uh, situation and but 70,000 and took them through the five keys because uh, this priest knew how uh, critical it is that people forgive to be able to receive everything that God wants for them. You know, it's, it's interesting because a big part of our work is, of course, Jesus, I trust in you, but forgiveness opens the door to divine mercy. And you're reiterating basically that same message I've been trying to help tell wherever I go is that forgiveness, you know, we say they are father, forgive me as I forgive others. And then we don't forgive, but I want to read a quote out of, out of uh, Lozano's book. I thought this was interesting. He, he wrote trusting God, resisting temptation, repenting of sins, renouncing the works of the devil and forgiving those who have harmed us accounts for 98% of deliverance. The last 2% requires we command the enemy to leave. My question for you off of that is, in our world today, many people don't even believe in the existence of good and evil, of God, of devil, you know? And um, what's, is forgiveness the biggest stumbling block that you encounter? Or what, what do you encounter when you find people? Let me just say that this is a self deliverance model we say the words and they repeat the words and it's them who are kicking anything out that either they invited in or the unforgiveness or what somebody else in their family invited in so uh yeah it's they they we take them through these five keys but they're the ones that say the words they're the ones that kick this thing out we're not standing over them doing deliverance or any sort of deliverance prayers necessarily because once what we're trying to do when we go to these countries and even I, I have a I'm going to be speaking in about two weeks to about a hundred or so women what we try and do is get people to understand who they are from their baptism and the power that they have we just they just don't know they have the power uh, my people perish for life tells us and it's because people don't understand what they've done by playing the Ouija board you can play the Ouija board, go to confession, but you've invited in legally spirits to come to you. You just got to kick them out, but you have to. I can't kick them out. 
I, mean, I can pray over you all day, but you have to kick them out. And it's a simple matter of renouncing the spirits of Ouija board or witchcraft or what, whatever it is that you've done. What an America. Renounce command and leave, and then you break their power in the name of Jesus. What in America would you say would be the more common ways that people allow evil into their hearts? Well, you know, Brian, you know, we, we, we as a nation have murdered over 50 million babies. Uh, uh, huh? over, 60 over 60 million babies. Uh, number one, that's a, uh, that's a direct thing like uh, in, in the ancient Hebrew people, uh, uh, f sacrificing children to Molech, uh, you know, uh, that's a, that's the number one thing. And you can see that when we took the prayer out of our schools, when we took the uh, prayers and, and, and other things out of our public gathering places and things here, you know, uh, collectively as a society, uh, we have basically turned our back on the, uh, the Holy Fathers have said that, that, that many countries that used to be, uh, predominantly Christian now have become a little flock. Uh, because of these things here. So collectively, there's a lot of things that we, uh, as a people, if you would, as a, as, as a, as a nation have, have done to open the door to darkness to come into them. But individually, let me, just, to, just to give you a, 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 a little sampling, we were doing an international priest retreat at Gaba, Gaba Seminary in Uganda. And uh, Nancy uh, uh, was teaching on forgiveness at the Gaba Seminary. And uh, uh, at the end of this year, she invited uh, any priest that would want individual prayer. There are like there are over 400 of the priests there in Bishop. Anybody that would like individual prayer? Well, we thought maybe maybe uh, 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 one or two priests. Well, there was a line of 25 or 30 priests out there. And uh, the next day, she prayed with them. And uh, two, other, two or three priests in a row, they had been sexually molested uh, when they were young. And, and all three of them had been beaten. Uh, very severely. We're not talking about discipline. We're talking about physical beating where bones were broken and, and blood and things like this here. And so these priests were still carrying a guilt. You know, if, if people have been sexually molested, you know, the devil works on your mind and tells you, well, it was your fault, you know, uh, whatever it might be, especially women, because they, they take blame for, for those types of things. And so when Nancy was able to have these priests say, it was not my fault uh, that my father beat me. I did nothing to be beaten. It was his fault. Uh, and and he, it was his sin in doing this. It was not my fault that my uncles molested me. That was their fault, their sins. You know, I was young. I didn't know what I was doing. And it's not my fault. And I, and, and I renounced the, the, the whole lie that it is my fault. So, you know, there's one. And renounce the spirit that came back in. And renounce the spirit of sexual abuse and things like this. You know, Brian, it's, you know, the church... If you just read the Catechism of the Catholic Church in section 395 and right on after that, it, it profoundly uh, lets us know that there is a devil, that he was the original tempter, but he's still busy with tempting things here. You know, people, it's not like we're telling you something that's something brand new that comes from the Protestants. It's all in the Catechism of the Church. It's for the centuries. Even uh, Pope, uh, Pope Leo the Thirteenth, you know, he wrote the St. Michael the Archangel Prayer. Uh, Folks, uh, that was said at every, by, by, by uh, the mandate of the Holy Father, that was said at every low mass in the whole world uh, at the end of the mass and things here. So there's, there's really no reason why we as a, as a church don't recognize this. Uh, here again, you know, people perish for lack of knowledge. And so 
this is nothing new. It's to us, it's an ordinary means uh, uh, of evangelization. You know, uh, Jesus, again, he, pro he proclaimed and then he demonstrated. And he has a great compassion. You know, John Paul II uh, wrote in the, in the encyclical mission of the Redeemer. He said there are two characteristics of the ministry of Jesus Christ. One of them is healing, and the other is forgiving. Uh, and he said uh, his, his, how would I say, compassion in the face of these evils uh, uh, leads people to uh, uh, salvation. You know, first, first you have faith, and then you lead to salvation. He said the greatest of these is a spiritual uh, uh, dominion of Satan in their lives. And so, you know, in the, the, in the writings of the popes, in the writings of the church, in the catechism of the Catholic Church, in the Lord's Prayer, deliver us from evil, uh, in the renunciation, uh, we renounce Satan and all of these things. I, I don't know why people don't get that, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> if, they ever, if they were ever to go to some of the places with us, uh, they, could, they would really confront. Well, Lloyd Nancy, uh, I'm going to have you back uh, for part two of this, uh, because in the next show, I want to get into just a discussion and review of those five steps, which is really a path to healing. And uh, the world needs healing. We know that. And, uh, you know, I, I just want to thank you so much today for joining me on Mercy Unbound. Viewers, uh, subscribe, share this with your friends. Lloyd, before we end today's show, and Nancy, can you tell the viewers how they can get a hold of you? Mm -hmm. All right, net. Okay, okay. That's our website, and you can see a lot of the videos that we've done in countries we've gone to, a little bit about us, and you know, even if someone's foolish enough, there's a donate button. So <laughs> we we would we wouldn't mind that at all either. Lady, lady, have you know, <laughs> good Lord provides, but we have to survive. So. Amen. 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 Well, I want to thank you so much again for joining me today on Mercy Unbound. Viewers, stay tuned for the next show because we're going to walk through the five keys and uh, discuss uh, how important it is that we all heal so we can become the people of God that He calls us to be. Uh, so thank you again, Lloyd Nancy, and God bless. Thank you very much. Thank Glad you, to be Brian. there with you. God bless you. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel for the video portion. The podcast can be heard at anchor.fm slash drbryan, B-R-Y-A-N, Thatcher, T-H-A-T-C-H-E-R, and on all the major podcast forums. I would love to speak at your church or conference, and please consider supporting our efforts to spread the truth to a hurting world. Thank you again. And for more information, go to the website at drbryanthatcher.com.